inform. Religious freedom is about people of faith being able to live out their faith, live out their convictions, no matter where they are. We equip. This is a battle of worldviews. And we activate. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. This is AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome to the Core here on American Family Radio. Glad to be with you today on the show. We're going to have a jam-packed show. We got two guests. My brother, Wesley, will be in with us second segment. Also in the second segment, uh, we're going to be talking to the national spokesperson with Preborn Ministry, Joyce M. Bartholomew. We're going to talk to Joyce in the second segment about Preborn and the work that they do across the country, providing free ultrasounds to women in need. Uh, so that's what we're going to do second segment. So you're, you're not going to want to miss out on that. Talking to Joyce, national spokesperson, Joyce M. Bartholomew, about uh, what the work of preborn, uh, what the work that they do. Uh, so you're not going to want to miss out on that. If you want to donate, go ahead and donate. If you've heard about the work of preborn, providing free ultrasounds all around the country, if you want to go ahead and donate, you can do that by going to our website, AFR.net, AFR.net. You can go there. It takes you about two or three minutes to donate. Uh, and just to put things in perspective, $28 provides one woman seeking an abortion a free ultrasound. $140 provides five free ultrasounds. So that's a little bit of the math there as far as where your money goes and how much it can cover when it comes to the number of ultrasounds. And these statistics are overwhelming when it comes to the number of women that choose life. They go in, some of them, many of them actually are considering an abortion and uh, upwards of 80% of them who go in considering an abortion get an ultrasound and up to 80% of them choose life. Uh, so so this is, a, you talk about maximum impact, this is maximum impact. The ultrasound technology is absolutely amazing. And uh, many of us who've, who've, uh, who have children, have experienced the ultrasound, and it's truly an amazing thing uh, to be able to see a heartbeat and to hear a heartbeat as early as six to eight weeks. It's absolutely amazing. And so that is a very practical way to uh, to protect life. That is through ultrasound. So if you want to go to AFR.net, go ahead and donate towards that project. You can also call in to the number Eight seven seven six one six two three nine six. This will take you to our call center where we'll fill the donation on the phone. Eight seven seven six one six two three nine six. Eight seven seven six one six two three nine six. So that's what we're doing this week. Our goal is three thousand ultrasounds. I believe probably within the last couple hours we went over a thousand. So help us to reach that goal of three thousand ultrasounds. Uh, jumping into our scripture for the week. We're in Proverbs chapter 5. This is another Psalm of David. And uh, as you hear these, remember, David had many enemies. We talked about them a couple chapters ago. David had many, many enemies. And so he cites, uh, you know, his enemies in his writings. And so that's what, uh, that's the context here in uh, Psalms chapter 5. Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my groaning. Give attention to the sound of my cry. 
my King and my God, for to you do I pray. O Lord, in the morning you hear my voice. In the morning I prepare a sacrifice for you, and watch. For you are not a God who delights in wickedness. Evil may not dwell with you. The boastful shall not stand before your eyes. You hate all evildoers. You destroy those who speak lies. The Lord abhors the bloodthirsty and deceitful man. But I, through the abundance of your steadfast love, will enter your house. I will bow down toward your holy temple in fear of you. Lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. Make your way straight before me, for there is no truth in their mouth. Their inmost self is destruction. Their throat is an open grave. They flatter with their tongue. Make them bear their guilt, O God. Let them fall by their own counsels. Because of the abundance of their transgressions, cast them out, for they have rebelled against you. But let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them ever sing for joy and spread your protection over them, that those who love your name may exult in you. For you bless the righteous, O Lord. You cover him with favor as with a shield. Uh, so that's our scripture for the week, Psalm verse 5. Uh, I want to point out verse, uh, th- I'm sorry, chapter 5, not verse 5. Chapter 5, but I want to point out verse 4. For you are not a God who delights in wickedness. Evil may not dwell with you. And so God, God, evil cannot even be in the presence of God. It cannot, uh, evil cannot be sustained in the presence of God. Why? Because God is a holy God. Same thing with the Son of God, Jesus Christ. There was no sin within the Son of God, Jesus Christ. Was Jesus tempted? Absolutely. Are we tempted? Yes. Uh, But temptation and sin are not equal. Uh, So Jesus was tempted, but yet he still was without sin. Um, And he was the perfect sacrifice. You know, the the, the sinless life of Jesus is, it, it was absolutely necessary in order for him to take our place to be the propitiation for our sins. So Jesus had to live a sinless life in order to be the sufficient sacrifice uh, for the sins of you, uh, of, of me and the sins of you. And so Jesus had to live a sinless life. Uh, there was no sin uh, within Jesus' life. There was temptation. There was struggle. Um, there were emotions. He was fully human yet fully God. But there was not sin within the Son of God. Uh, moving into some of the stories for today— I can't uh, help but cover uh, and touch on what I haven't really touched on much, and that is this push for the the election bill that the Democrats are trying to push through the Senate. And this uh, legislation is 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 just to put it simply, is aimed at federalizing all elections. That's what this bill that the Democrats are trying to push through will do. It will, instead of having states run elections, it will have it'll it'll put put the federal government in charge of all elections. So that's what this bill will do. We could get into the details, but I'm going to spare you that. But I want to point out that this is all a farce. This entire push is built on a foundation of lies. But this is nothing new. This is how they operate. This is how they work. And to really highlight what I'm talking about when I say this entire movement, the entire narrative is built on a foundation of lies, the the talking point now is that 
is that Republicans are attacking our democracy. Look, you hear it from the president. He went to Atlanta, gave this big doom and gloom speech in Atlanta and Georgia about how Republicans are attacking the very essence of our democracy. That couldn't be farthest from the truth. That couldn't be the farthest thing from the truth because here's what the Democrats do. And when you understand their strategy, you can spot it immediately. They are the masters of projection. What do I mean by that? They project, they project on their opponents what they're actually guilty of. You know, you may know people who do this in their personal life. This is what the Democrats do. Hillary Clinton was an absolute, is an absolute master of it. She was always projecting corruption onto other people when she was the corrupt person. Same thing with Obama, and now Biden's doing doing the exact same strategy. And we, we got to stop falling prey to this. This is how they work. And so the Democrats are running around the country. Uh, they're scared. Why? Because Republicans in, start, in certain state legislatures are passing bills, passing laws that actually uphold voter integrity. And this really, this really further confirms or affirms to me that the, that there were some serious shenanigans, there was some serious cheating that happened in 2020. Because if everything is on the up and up, then why do we care if we have voter ID laws? Why do we care if we don't allow Zuckerberg to come in and fund election operations in precincts all around the country? Republicans are eliminating some of these shenanigans and some of these loopholes and Democrats are nervous. Why? Because they use those same shenanigans and loopholes to win in 2020. And you want to talk about disenfranchising voters. By the way, the, 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 mo- the, the most voters, the most registered voters voted in 2020 compared to any election in our country's history. So we had the most electoral participation in, in U.S. history, but the Democrats are claiming that there's voter suppression out there. And they elected Biden. So you can't have it both ways. You can't say there's voter suppression, our democracy is doomed, but then you got elected? So you, you, can't, you can't have it both ways. Either our democracy's working or it's not. They say it's not working. Well, then how did you get elected? And so he's running around the country, but if you want to talk about Voter suppression, let's talk about voter suppression. By the way, there's, there's no cases, there's no documented cases of voter suppression. And I, and I, I usually don't say things that blanket with, with that broad of a statement, but show me where people aren't allowed to vote that are, that are legal, valid voters. Show me where they're not allowed to vote. There are no examples of legal Registered voters being turned away when they go to vote. You can't find an example anywhere where someone who is a legal registered voter was turned away at the polling place. You just can't find examples of that. But what you can find examples of is dead people voting. You can find examples of people who have been deceased for 10, 20, 30, 50 years, and they're still magically voting. And they just happen to all vote for the Democrats. You go up to 
Detroit, I mean, Detroit is notorious for voter fraud. In some areas, you have more people voting than they are registered voters. And so that is voter suppression. How is that voter suppression? Because every illegal vote cancels out a legal vote. Every illegal vote cancels out a legal vote. You're disenfranchising the actual legal voters by allowing illegal voting. And then now, New York City, you, you want to know what's going to happen around the country? You look at what New York's doing. You look at what New York's doing. What is New York City doing? They are allowing illegal immigrants, non-citizens, to vote in New York City. And so that is voter suppression. How is that voter suppression? Now every single legal vote in New York City will be canceled out every time an illegal vote, a vote of a non-citizen, occurs. And so the Democrats are masters of uh, voter suppression. They are the party of voter suppression. And, you know, it really baffles me. I wish, I wish Republicans would pick up on this more. If you look at the Democrat Party, they're the party of the KKK. They're the party of Jim Crow laws. They are the party of racism. Look at their history. It was the Democrats in the South that were pushing for not allowing blacks to vote. But Republicans never talk about that. Never talk about that. Somehow, you know, you ask people, who was the party of racism? Who was the party of, of Jim Crow laws? Well, it was the Republicans. No, it wasn't. It was the Democrats. It was Lincoln, who was a Republican, who moved to abolish slavery. And so the Democrats are the party of the KKK. They're the party of segregation, and they're the party of voter suppression. But instead of owning up to that, what do they do? They project it on the Republicans. They project it on the Republicans. And so there is voter suppression in America, but the Democrats are pushing it. And we'll talk next segment. I'm going to play a clip from Jake Tapper, who is realizing now that the same laws that the Democrats are criticizing in Georgia and Texas and Arkansas those same laws are in place in blue states but they're not talking about that why because democrats run the states that have the same laws all across the country be back in a few minutes blessed is the man who doesn't walk in the counsel of the wicked nor stands in the way of sinners nor sits in the seat of the scoffers my name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. One word has proven to be debilitating in our society, the D word, discrimination. What we fail to realize is discrimination is not automatically a dirty concept. We discriminate against thieves and murderers when we send them to prison. We discriminate against sexual predators by keeping them away from children. And yes, we rightly discriminate against men when we keep them out of women's restrooms. According to Psalm 1, we have to discriminate against the counsel of the wicked in order to be blessed. Good thing God isn't debilitated by the D word. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. 
This is Raising Godly Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls. As a responsible parent, you monitor your daughter's social media accounts and those she follows to ensure that they are appropriate. But are you monitoring their diversity? You've heard it said you are what you eat, but these days I think it's safe to say you are who you follow. Appreciating the diversity God has made in our world starts with examining the accounts we follow online. In the midst of slime tutorials, makeup artists, and ASMR accounts, is your girl seeing images and hearing the voices of people of cultural backgrounds and abilities? Partner with your daughter to seek out appropriate accounts with new perspectives that will diversify her social scrolling experience and open her ears to hear from a wide range of voices. We are all called to raise up the next generation of Christian leaders. Learn more about empowering girls through the love of God at RaisingGodlyGirls.com. I did discuss my options for abortion. After a series of health issues, this mom felt abortion was the only answer. I was still borderline thinking abortion until the little part at the bottom of the ultrasound started moving and we realized there were two. The Ministry of Preborn is there for moms in crisis, offering free ultrasounds and the gospel in action. At just 11 weeks old, these twins cried out for life through ultrasound. Just seeing that, I said, I can't. I can't. The ultrasound is Preborn clinics are the largest providers of free ultrasounds in the USA, introducing moms to their preborn babies and helping them choose life. To find out more, go to preborn.com. That's preborn.com. Or dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 and say baby. Your love can save a life. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to the Core here on American Family family radio i'm walker wildman glad to be with you today hey before we move on to our guest i want to wrap up this uh topic put a bow on it um the topic of the democrats accusing republicans of voter suppression and uh jake tapper on cnn he actually it dawned upon him live on his show that the same laws that are being criticized by Biden and others and the fear-mongering, the same laws are in place all across the country, even in New Jersey and New York and other states like that. So let's listen to clip four and Jake Tapper seeing the light. Yeah, it's, it's just, it's interesting. I look, I, I generally as an American feel that in addition to guarding against fraud, which there's very little of in the United States, yeah. it should be as easy as possible for Americans to vote because right. we are the best democratic republic when as many people as possible are represented no matter who wins democrats or republicans but going over a lot of these election laws i went in preparing for today and i saw you know what new jersey doesn't allow ballot harvesting and that's a democratic state delaware doesn't allow the kind of early voting that a lot of other states do but then the journalist in me as well as the cynic says well how come democrats only complain about strict voting regulations in in red states in texas and georgia and not in democratic states like new york (laughs) wow good question jake tapper maybe the democrats should answer that maybe the democrats should answer that but they have the same laws in place around the country that are aimed at curbing fraudulent voting 
And you look at where all you need an ID to conduct daily business, American life. You know, I'm signing up my four-year-old for T-Ball. Wesley has a little experience in this as well with his son. I need to upload my son's birth certificate in order for him to play T-Ball. Wow, Walker, that's very intrusive. Not really. They're having to verify, Wesley, that our kids are actually the age that we say they are. Yes, and also, too, I signed up to be a coach, and they went further than that. They actually did a background check on me. There were certain procedures because they wanted to make sure that I was a real person. I had um, didn't have any criminal records that would cause me not to be a good leader on the field as a coach. So, yeah, we've got uh, safeguards in place and steps in place for all types of things. Yes. You know, for the Second Amendment, we have it for voter registration, for coming across the borders. Now, whether we recognize those laws that are in place that are good or not will be dependent upon who's in charge, and that, that will ultimately lead to whether we have a healthy society or a uh, harmful society because there's, just as the Bible provides the Christian um, guidelines and principles in order to liberate us, so the government should, and the way God designed it, is to provide structure and guidelines to liberate us as well. Yeah, exactly right. So law and order is a good thing, and we have it even in— Signing up for T-Ball. Yes. And we don't have a problem with it. Why? Because we don't want people cheating. Right. And so we raise our hand. Yeah, sure, we'll verify our age as long as we don't have seven-year-olds playing against four-year-olds in T-Ball. Uh, so if we're good with it there, then we should be good with it at the ballot box. Hey, Wesley, I want to introduce our guest, national spokesperson for preborn, jo- Joyce M. Bartholomew. Joyce, welcome to the court. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, Joyce, tell us a little bit about your history with Preborn. How long have you been there? And what's maybe uh, a personal testimony about how Preborn has impacted you? Hey, Joyce, are you there? I think we lost her. She'll hopefully reconnect. While we're waiting on her to reconnect, one thing that I was wanting to say to kind of introduce this um, partnership with Preborn is how excited I am to, as a member, as a staff member, as uh, someone who's worked at the ministry of AFA for so long because this uh, ministry that we're about to describe, Preborn, who saves lives of the unborn, that this right here is at the core of who AFA has been from the very beginning, from the days back when Papa founded, my Papa Don Wyman founded the ministry, and that's to partner with people who are not just talking about issues but are doing something physically about the issue. Yeah, and that's exactly what pre Preborn does. Preborn saves the lives of unborns. I'm and- back. Sorry. I just it got dropped somewhere. <laughs> That's all right, Joyce. Glad to have you back. Did you hear my question or not? <laughs> no. Well, tell, tell us, Joyce, tell us a little bit about how, how long you've been with Preborn, maybe how uh, your personal experience with Preborn and some testimony. Sure. I've been their volunteer national spokesperson for 11 years now. They're 15 years old, and I've been with them for 11 and I was a volunteer uh, lay counselor at a pregnancy center a long time ago. So that's my um, introduction to the pro-life movement. And I did that um, just out of a love for the women and the ladies. And um, I was just singing on stage and in the church since the age of eight. So God's just combining the singing, the speaking, the pro-life and brought it all together. It was just completely him doing it. Something I would never have expected fighting for life. Joyce, uh, I, I know a little bit. I know how preborn works because we've been partnering th- with you guys for several years. But give our audience who maybe this is their first time hearing of it, give them a glimpse as far as practically speaking on the ground 
how this works. You have preborn ministry, and then you have crisis pregnancy clinics all around the country. Tell us how you guys partner with the clinics all around the country and what you provide. Sure. So there's um, hundreds of centers that we are affiliated with that ask us for help whether it be financial grants, ultrasound machines, ultrasounds, um, uh, gospel training, all kinds of things that ask for. And we are asking the people to provide for uh, with donations for us to help them because it's not federally funded. And there's 61 partner clinics that we manage directly, more directly. And they're part of, they go to leadership seminars per year as well. And so, with these hundreds of clinics, we are sort of the go-between between the donor, the people, and the centers, providing like the free ultrasounds, which are $28 per ultrasound. Mm. And that price hasn't increased in 11 years, or 140 can pay for five free ultrasounds, which is the game changer to how a woman would choose life. She would choose life with the ultrasound 80% of the time and without it only 40% of the time. Mm. And so this is what we're asking the people to help us help the centers. This is Wesley here, Walker's brother. Uh, I get to join him a couple times a week, and I always enjoy having guests on. I wanted to ask you a quick question. That's that in addition to the numbers here that y'all have been able to, I'll just list off, I'll read a couple to our audience here of what y'all have been able to accomplish. Mm -hmm. This is just in 2020 alone. It was 31,407 babies were saved. The reason I went all the wow. way through that instead of just rounding that off is because every life counts. Yes. 31,407 babies were saved. Uh, commitments to Christ, which is the question I'm going to lead into, 6,500. 6, and that's the question I wanted to – that's the topic I wanted to ask you about. So y'all mm -hmm. are bold and unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You're also right in the thick of it when it comes to standing in the gap for the unborn. Y'all have done such a beautiful job in y'all's presentation of the gospel in addition to uh, saving lives. And I'm just so grateful to partner with y'all. How is it that you go about training your um, uh, nurses, uh, nurse practitioners to share the gospel? Sure. So it's something we call the invitation that Dan Steiner, the president and founder of Preborn, and June Hunt, who is the author and founder of Hope for the Heart, hmm. they came together with this gospel training. And it's basically, we're inviting them to, uh, we just share the gospel with, with them. But it's not just the nurse practitioners who are staffed. It's also all the volunteers wow. or anybody in there. And they have a training seminars where they watch these videos. And it's the gist of it is that people should be led by the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. to and ask them to receive Jesus Christ. Because if you don't ask them after you <laughs> present the gospel, yeah. you're not going to get an answer. <laughs> or them thinking about it, you know, so, and it's a lot of people are afraid to. So this kind of this training helps them to, oh, it's not as hard as I thought it would be. Mm. And being led by the spirit, because each situation is a little different. Well, people are always wanting to know, uh, okay, I hear the issue, but what can I do about it? And that's what preborn is there. They're doing something about it, and we can partner with them. Walker? Yeah, amen. Hey, uh, Joyce, tell our audience how they can donate to preborn through this AFR campaign? Sure, I'd love to. They can call 877-616-2396. That's 877-616-2396 and donate through a call center there or they can donate online at AFR.net. That's 
AFR.net. And it's $28 for one ultrasound can, that a mother can, or a woman or a young girl could choose life or 140 for five free ultrasound or, or any amount, even an ultrasound machine, which refurbished can last 10 years mm. and we can have them for 15,000 if God would move someone's heart to do wow. something like that. Amen. So if you're feeling extremely generous and God's leading you, uh, $15,000 will buy an a ultrasound machine uh, for a preborn to provide to one of these pregnancy clinics. Hey, Joyce, thank That's you right. for coming on. And we're going to continue partnering with you guys. And may God continue to bless your work. Thank you. God, thank you so much for the, for helping. Amen. God bless you guys. All right, Joyce M. Bartholomew Wesley, uh, that's preborn. Yeah, we can't overemphasize the number that 80%, and we've said it before, and I just we can't move past this, 80% of mothers who are given the opportunity to see their baby, regardless of the stage yeah. in life, whether it's when they're able to see their baby, if they were at one point beforehand considering abortion, 80% of them say they're changing their mind on that and saying we're not going to have an abortion after seeing their baby. And that's what this ministry is doing. They're providing that. What a creative and uh, fantastic ministry and idea that uh, Dan Steiner came up with. We've met him before here at AFA. He's, uh, many of y'all know that when we have partnered with somebody, it's very few. We partner with four or five different ministries throughout the year. And when we do so, we vet them through and through. And we've had great relationships. We've known Dan for some time. He's been up here done devotion for us, and we're grateful for what they do, Walker. Yeah, Wesley, I want to change topics a little bit and talk about marriage. Yep. Talk about marriage. You know, one of our core values here at AFA is marriage and family. Uh, that's one of our core values here at American Family Association. And give our audience a, a glimpse as to how we, how AFA views marriage, where we pull that worldview of marriage from. Yes, we pull that worldview of marriage from the scriptures. We believe that the Bible is God's inspired, inerrant, and authoritative Word of God, and that all all portions of Scripture, both old and new, is breathed out by God. And it mm-hmm. was written down by men that were carried along by the Holy Spirit. And we see from the very beginning in Genesis that God created male and female, and He uh, united them together in marriage as Adam and Eve. That was the first marriage. And then from there, we have be fruitful, multiply, and we have families. And so the first institution that God created was a family, and the way he designed it and his ideas are far better than we could recreate or try to do Amen. our own. So, yes. So we look to him for our answers. Um, now, Walker, speaking on the family, we had a listener uh, of the core who emailed us in a couple weeks back. So sometimes it takes us uh, time to get to all the emails and to and to follow up when we can. And we can't always uh, do exactly what uh, the people suggest. But in this case, I saw this particular one and. They were interested to see uh, mine uh, or yours or our views on singles, uh, Christian singles. And so mm-hmm. I wanted to address that for a second. You know, for the young Christian um, nowadays, it just seems to me, and these are not, well, not just seems to me, These this is statistics that show that mar- that young people are waiting much, much later in life to get married, and they're waiting that much longer to have kids, Okay. With that said, before we address and talk about some of the reasons why, I do want to recognize that there are some cases where uh, that may be true for some that had a bad experience as a childhood through divorce, uh, their parents got divorced, or a yeah. bad experience that would cause them to uh, have uh, a bad taste in their mouth about marriage and family. Okay, so you got that. And then also, 
uh, it is true that um, some people are. I knew some. I knew one friend of mine that waited a long time later in their thirties because they just couldn't find a godly spouse. Mm. That was yes, so, that's, so, that's, that's a good reason. Sure, it's a good reason. Sure. You know. However, uh, what I want to talk about with the few minutes we got left is the selfish reasons why people wait. Yeah, single single people wait so long in life to get married or to have kids, and that's because they're waiting for something that's not going to happen, and they're waiting for the perfect job for for maybe for a person that they're dating to to have perfection, which we're yeah. all flawed. So you can't you're not going to date somebody that's perfect. You want to date somebody that's godly. Uh, also, some people wait for the perfect economic situation. And I can tell you right now, it's always <laughs> something. It is always something. Yes. Well, I'm married, and we have three kids. And as soon as I thought we got caught up on some bills, here comes baby bills, and yeah. here comes doctor bills. So it's always something. So, you know, one thing I want to say, Walken, you feel free to hop in here uh, about this, but um, uh, and that's that we should rather, as single Christians, and I've written a whole article on this. It's called um uh, searching to be the uh, searching for the perfect one or something like that i'll get the link to that uh because i won't have time to get into it today but i'll get the link to it get it to bobby and we'll get up on the show notes but that's that we should rather be seeking first the kingdom of god and his righteousness as single christians also too we should be delighting ourselves in the lord and he'll give us the desires of our heart god cares about us and he wants the best for us we have a resource called engage magazine you can go check that out. Now, the best part and the most exciting news about Engage, Walker, yeah. is they cover resources such as young adults, college students. We are merged now with The Stand. So you can go to afa.net slash uh, The Stand. We have some content there as well as our Share Truth Applied Scripture radio program that focuses on content like this and a resource for this that airs on Saturday at 5.30, or you can go to AFR.net, Walker. Yeah, and I think the main point out of all of that yes. that you just said is that there is there is a lot of singleness in American society, mm-hmm. but it's not because that many people feel led by the Holy Spirit to be single. No. It's because we have a lot of selfish, selfish. people yeah. who aren't willing to set aside their own desires and their self uh, to be partnered in marriage for life. So if you're single and you're listening to this and you are pursuing a godly spouse, look to the Bible to what you should be praying for and looking for in your spouse. Amen. The scripture is our standard. That's where we form the how we view the world. Thanks, Wesley. Hey, glad to be on. All right. AFA at the core. More content after the break. They should face some sort of consequences. At the very least, what you put on there should be true. And if it's not true, then it should be actionable. Major social media outlets are finding ways to block the conservative evangelical viewpoint. The American Family Association will no longer be canceled. Announcing AFA Streaming, our own video streaming platform, which will allow access to all AFA video content. AFA Streaming is now available. Learn more at AFA.net. 
AFA Action. Announcing AFA.net slash connect. One news now. It's the one click that will link you to so many AFA platforms. Pick and choose which updates you want to receive. Easily subscribe or unsubscribe. American Family Studio. And to quote our privacy policy, American Family Association will not sell, rent, or lease your personal information to outside organizations. AFA Journal. Make a better connection with AFA at AFA.net slash connect. You know, if you feel like you're stuck with a healthcare plan that isn't affordable or you simply don't like it, right now is a great time to switch to MediShare. The typical family saves $500 or more per month with MediShare. And what's more, they like it. MediShare has double the customer satisfaction rate when compared to health insurance. Double. You get access to a massive network of providers and 24-7 telehealth. And MediShare is the most trusted name in healthcare sharing. It's been around for more than 25 years, and it's more than just affordable healthcare, too. You get to be part of a community of Christians who pray for each other and support each other. But here's why now is the time to make the switch. Join before January 15th, and they'll waive your new member fee. So you'll save another $170 right off the bat. Call now. You'll get a price within two minutes. And again, the deadline is January 15th, so you can save even more. Call 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. This time of year, many people make resolutions, but unfortunately, they just don't stick. Franklin Graham. Let me tell you about a decision that you can make today that can change your life, not just for this year, but for eternity. You see, God gave His Son, Jesus Christ, to take our sins. And He died on a cross and He shed His blood for our sins. And He was buried, and on the third day, God raised Him to life. If you're willing to trust Jesus, He will change your life, not just for this year, but for eternity. Just pray this prayer with me. Just say, God, I've sinned. I'm sorry. Forgive me. I believe that Jesus is your son. I want to trust him as my savior. And I'm willing to follow him as my Lord from this day forward forever. Amen. Someone is ready to talk with you right now about a relationship with Jesus Christ or simply pray with you. Call 888-388-2683. That's 888-388-2683. God bless you and a happy new year to each and every one. We're the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to the Core here on American Family Radio. Two reminders, if you want to donate to Preborn, go to AFR.net. If you would like to donate to Preborn Ministry, go to our website, AFR.net. If you want to read my brother's article that he cited in our the stand publication, you can go to my podcast page at AFR.net, and Bobby, my producer, will link to that article on that page on the AFA at the Core show page for today's show. So just go there, check that out. You can click through and read my brother's article on singleness and marriage and uh, read that there uh, at my podcast page at AFR.net. Back into the news of the day, I've got some good news. Uh, I got some mixed news. Let me just say that. Uh, the good news is that the Supreme Court, in a six to three ruling, just struck down the Biden uh, administration's OSHA mandate. OSHA, meaning the Department of Labor uh, OSHA Agency, Occupational Safety uh, and Hazard Agency, I believe. OSHA. Uh, too many, too many letters, too many agencies. So that's why I don't know how to. Uh, what all the letters stand for, but um, our, our federal government's too big. 
Uh, we should have a couple agencies, and I should be able to spit them all off the top of my head. But I can't do that because we have too many agencies. <laughs> and so nonetheless, the Department of Labor uh, emergency temporary standard was struck down by the Supreme Court in a 6-3 to ruling just released within the last few minutes. Uh, so that ruling was struck down. That was the ruling that affected businesses with over 100 employees, of which American Family Association qualified as one of those businesses. What did we do? We sued uh, the Biden administration in the Fifth Circuit. It made its way to the Sixth Circuit through the uh, judicial lottery system, and then it made its way to Supreme Court in a matter of about 30 days. And so that was struck down by the Supreme Court. So that's good news. The Center for Medicaid Services, or Center for Medicare Services, CMS, that rule was upheld. So that has to do with healthcare facilities that take money from federal, uh, from uh, the federal government. That ruling was upheld. That uh, order was upheld. So kind of a split decision there by the Supreme Court. Um, but but this is good news on the Department of Labor route. But on the Center for Medicaid Services, uh, this just emphasizes the expansive reach of the federal government. And this is not news. This is not this is not novel. The federal government for years now has had expansive reach into the private sector. And this 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 CMS mandate is no 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 different. And so we, we really the federal government was not intended by our founding fathers to have its tentacles in every aspect of the American economy. But you see now, I mean, you look around, you drive down the street in your city, you you look around on any street, there will be a business that takes money from the federal government. I mean, the, the, the federal government through, I mean, think about every single grant, every single dollar distributed from Washington, D.C. is considered a federal grant. And so that gives the federal government a say into how things are run at those businesses and in those states. And so that's why it's so important for states to begin to wean themselves off the federal dollar. Because as long as you're taking federal money to fund your roads, your bridges, whatever you're funding, uh, you are going to be at the mercy of the federal government. So that's what we can take from that. Uh, Jumping back in, speaking of the federal government and America, uh, this this inflation issue is not going away. They kept saying transitory, transitory, transitory. They knew it wasn't transitory. There's no way. I told you it wasn't transitory. And so there's no way that a guy, a talk show host from Mississippi can look at the writing on the wall and say, this is not transitory. But the economist who went like to school for 20 years to study economics, there's no way that they don't know that this is not transitory because the the factors that led us to this point have not gone away. And until those factors are relieved, we are going to have inflation. We are going to have inflation, not just inflation, but historic inflation. Uh, So what what we see today and what is driving this is too much money in the economy. Well, Walker how can you have too much money in the economy? Well, you have too much money in the economy because the federal government does not cut the Treasury Department's printing press off. It is always on. They are always printing money. 
And we've spent a couple trillion dollars in the last 24 months. We've pumped that into the economy and we've created a demand issue. This is a demand issue. We've created demand that cannot be met by our current economic system. And, you know, people joke about, well, you know, if we can just keep printing money, why don't we just give everybody a million dollars? Well, this is a little microcosm of what would happen if we gave everybody a million dollars. Because I told Bobby this morning on, on our show call, you can have all the money in the world, but if you don't have goods and services to purchase with that money, that money is no good. And so that is where our economy is. We have all the money in the world. Everybody's getting money. Everybody's getting government checks. Everybody's getting stimulus money. Everybody's getting child tax credit money. But, but, but our, our physical economy cannot keep up with this demand. That's why you go to order a refrigerator. They tell you it'll be here in six months. You go to order materials for your building project, and they tell you it'll be here in nine months. Why? Because our economy cannot keep up with the demand. So that's what's going on right now. Someone a little smarter than myself is Larry Summers, used to work for the Clinton administration. And this is a clip. Uh, This is clip three. Let's listen to this about two-minute clip, a little bit short of that, about the real problem with inflation and what is going on here. Look, we have a real problem. I think it was a foreseeable problem a year ago, given the amount of money that was infused into the economy. But it took seven years after the Vietnam War started to get inflation up to this level. Inflation's now 50% higher than it was when Richard Nixon imposed price controls to stop what was seen as a terrible inflation at that time. I don't think there's much question that we have an inflation problem that's not usefully thought of as simply a transitory issue. The real concern is that we're going to get a wage price spiral in which higher wages lead to higher prices and higher prices lead to higher wages, and we're off to the races. There you have it. Uh, there you have it. And, you know, the, the, the way to fix this, and Larry Summers goes on in that clip, and he says the way to fix this is to limit demand. How do you limit demand? You raise interest rates, which the, the Fed should have raised interest rates last year. And so what, what, what the Fed, though, is struggling with is if you raise interest rates too high, too fast, then you, you don't just cool down the economy. You pour cold water on the economy. Uh, but we have to do that. We have to do that. And, and we're going to have to go through some economic pain before things get back to normal. Because right now, everything's log jammed. Everything's bottlenecked. Everything's backed up. And by the way, another another way that we're going to thing that we're going to have to do to move on in this economy and get things back to normal. And let me just mention, these are not like tomorrow's solutions. These are things that if you fix them now, it takes months to go into effect. And so with the, with the inflation, one thing we're going to have to stop doing is allowing this cold virus, this coronavirus that is that now with this latest strain is basically like a like a cold. You get the sniffles, you get a cough. Some people do get it a little rougher than others. But we've got to stop letting this cold throw our economy into whiplash. We open, we close, we open, we close. We send healthy people home to quarantine for 14 days. 
We've got to stop all that. We can't keep allowing an upper respiratory illness to to shift and move our economy all over the place. We need consistency. We need people that work. If you're healthy, you go to work. If you've got the sniffles, you stay home for a couple of days till you feel better, you don't have symptoms, and you go back to work. And that's why the CDC, they had to admit that 7, 10, 14 days isn't going to cut it. That's why they bumped it to five. And it has little to do with science. And by the way, it's been, it's been this case from the beginning of the pandemic. All the major scientists and medical professionals have said the chances of people being contagious after four to five days, maybe seven days, is extremely rare. But what did we do? We kept people home for 14 days. That was never about the science. That was never about the science. And so now the CDC is finally admitting that 14 or 10 days is unsustainable. Then they move it to five. And they admitted it really wasn't about the science. Um, but, but in order to cool this economy down, which we have an overheated economy, you have to raise interest rates, you have to cool things down, but you have to do so without crashing it. And that is the delicate balance that the Fed is uh, working on now. And it, every day that goes by that they don't implement the raising of interest rates is another day gone in, in, in their chances of being able to get out of this without an economic crash. That's what Larry Summers says. They're waited too late to do that. Uh, clip two. This is White House advisor. Um, this is Jared Bernstein. He's White House Council of Economic Advisors. He's on CNN talking about how energy costs dropped in September. I'm going to tell you the truth about that, but let's listen to clip two first. No, I wouldn't say uh, uh, we got it wrong in, in the following sense. It's really important to get under the hood of these monthly inflation reports. And if you look at the change from November to December, inflation is up half a percent. That's considerably down from October and November when inflation was up 0.8 and 0.9 percent respectively. One reason why inflation uh, came down in December, why the rate of inflation was slower in December, is because energy prices actually fell after growing six percent in October and November. They actually fell half a percent in December. The president has consistently said there are uh, two key components to this recovery. And here I think he's in sync with Chair mm -hmm. Powell. One is to maintain the strongest labor market we've seen. And we are posting historic numbers in that regard. The other is to do everything we can to unsnarl supply chains, which, by the way, are jammed across the world. This high inflation problem is a yes. global problem. And try to bring down price pressures through, the, through those efforts. So, so let me get this right. And, and I'm, I'm telling you, this is like a Saturday Night Live skit. The same people that mess things up are the same people that CNN brings on television to propose a fix. I mean, th this is, our, 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 our country has lost its mind. The, the, the people in Washington, they come in, this was not a problem under Trump, okay? 12 months ago, we did not have inflation. What was the inflation rate 12 months ago? 1.5% in January, which is actually below average. In January of 2020, I'm sorry, in January of 2021, the inflation rate in the last month of the Trump presidency was 1.5%. What are we looking at now? 7, 8, 9%. 
All right. So this is not like a, ooh, it's a COVID problem. Ooh, it's a world problem. No, this is a Biden problem. And yes, the rest of the world is dealing with it because America is so intertwined with the rest of the uh, world economy. But this is purely a Biden problem, okay? Actually, the economy was doing pretty well in the last months of the, of the Trump administration. But then comes Biden in. And, and by the way, on the energy costs going down in December, which he decided, the White House economic advisor, they went down because we released 50 million barrels from the national petroleum stockpile, which is actually meant for national emergencies and war, not for when Biden gets it wrong on his policies, but instead he used our national stockpile for political purposes, and he released 50 million barrels. Well, people say, well, that's a great idea. You know, let's just release some more oil. Prices will go down. All right, so, so the question is, how many barrels of oil do we consume a day? We consume 19 million barrels of oil a day just in the U.S. So Biden released three days' worth of stockpile from the national stockpile. He, he released, re- released three days' worth of oil to run the American economy. That's why the energy prices dipped slightly in December. Guess what they're doing now? They're going right back up. They're going right back up. So, so the, the Biden administration, instead of going, you know what? Maybe we actually need the Keystone XL pipeline. Maybe we actually need to continue approving federal leases on federal land for fracking and drilling. No, 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 no. They don't do that. They go, uh, let's dip into the National Petroleum Stockpile. Let's offer a three-day fix. Instead of opening up the American energy sector to be energy independent, what does the Biden administration do? They shut down the Keystone XL. They stop drilling on federal land. They stop new leases on federal land. And then they call OPEC to come in and save the day. And they call OPEC. OPEC's the cartel. OPEC's the oil cartel. And we got to negotiate with them. And it's so unfair. Well, why don't you produce your own oil like we were doing in the Trump administration? No, no, no. We got to call OPEC. We got to call Saudi Arabia. We got to call OPEC to save the day. What does OPEC say? We're not doing it. We're tired of being pulled around like clowns by the U.S., so we're not doing it. Where are we now? Energy prices going back through the roof. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.